The Heather McCoy Show. And welcome back to The Heather McCoy Show. Joining me on the line is the curator of the Vegan Street Fair, which is happening this Sunday, March 1st in Hollywood. Starts at noon, ends at 6 o'clock, is Jessica Shea. Welcome to the show, Jessica. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Heather. It's, it's awesome. Oh, uh, you're, you're quite welcome. As someone who is slowly going to, is actually slowly moving to vegan, I'm fairly new to the vegan scene. Is this the first edition of the Vegan Street Fair? It is. It is. We, we decided to do it here. Uh, we live here, and we actually lived in North Hollywood for quite, quite a few years, and we thought that uh, L.A. was the perfect place to do it. We actually have the most vegan and vegan-friendly restaurants per capita in Los Angeles, um, across the whole country. So we thought it would be a great place to start. What was your inspiration to create the Vegan Street Fair? Oh, I have many inspirations. So I'm originally from New York, and growing up, before I was vegan, I used to go to this this big festival in Little Italy called the San Gennaro Festival, and it's blocks and blocks and blocks of Italian restaurants that come out and just serve food. It's one of these really amazing cultural and foodie-filled experiences that makes you feel super welcome and there's just this great vibe. And I, I really remember having that feeling every time I went that I wanted to do this every single year, every single day, because it's just a very inviting and welcoming type of experience. So when we started thinking about creating an event for vegans and, and non-vegans and people to just enjoy vegan food, we really wanted to embody that sort of... Uh, uh, an inviting vibe, the energy that's there, and and surround it with food. So it was a little bit of that, and then a little bit of Taste of Chicago. I don't know if you've ever heard of Taste of Chicago. I haven't. But it's, okay, so it's this big festival where, again, all these restaurants in Chicago come out, and they serve small bite-sized portions of food. So the key is, you know, to try as much food around Chicago as possible in one central location. So we thought, let's combine San Gennaro, let's combine Taste of Chicago, and let's veganize it. So that's how the Vegan Street Fair took shape. So tell us about some of the vendors and what will be happening at the Vegan Street Fair. Oh, man, we have so many. So we have 48 vendors from all over Los Angeles. Some are even coming up from Orange County. So we have, we have vegan pizza coming out. We have Osla Vegan, which is an Ethiopian place. We have an all-vegan ice cream truck called Divine Dip. Um... We have Mud Hen Tavern, which is a non-vegan restaurant, but they serve probably some of the best vegan food that I've ever had. Um, they just really know food, and I think they're going to be a big hit. We have Southern Pie Vegan, who's always a hit when they come out to these vegan events. We have so many, and it's such a wide variety of foods. I think people are going to be really stoked because you can get a little bit of everything from every single person. So tacos and sliders and ice creams and lemonade and all sorts of goodies. When you put up the picture of the um, Southern Fried Vegan on Facebook, I actually took a screenshot of that and sent it to my mom, and she's like, wow. <laughs> right? It's pretty shocking. Yeah. It's pretty shocking what it can be done nowadays with vegan food. I mean, you know, the truth of the matter is that I'm, I'm, not, I'm not one of those people that's going to sit here and say that I never liked animals growing up. I mean, I ate chicken, and I ate beef, and I ate, you know, all the things that we all pretty much grew up eating. And I didn't go vegan because I didn't like the taste of it. I went vegan for, for the animals and, and for ethical reasons. And so now that we have all of these great alternatives, like like Southern Fried Vegans, fried chicken and waffles, that to me taste exactly like what I used to eat, it's become so easy and so much fun 
to be a vegan in 2015. Yeah. No? Oh, definitely. Um, is there cooking demos and learning opportunities as well as food sampling or? Not, not at this event. We really wanted to focus on food output and people going around and, and tasting as much as possible. So we didn't want to stop that process by having, you know, people come in and do demos. There, there are so many great events in LA for, for that. You know, there's World Fest is rebranding as um, LA Veg Fest, and they have a ton of demos. They have a really fantastic event every okay. year. I think they're skipping to next year. Um, but we decided to stay away from that and just really focus on the food and the energy and the vibe. So, so really what you can expect is, is a row of food, two rows of food, really, because it's on two, two blocks, and, and several vendors. So... So no demos this year. Yeah. Since the percentage of the population that is vegan is relatively small currently, um, what's the draw for a non-vegan that would be interested in attending the Vegan Street Fair? Um, it's, it's actually quite fascinating because a lot of the responses that we've gotten on the Facebook page have been from non-vegans. I have no idea what is drawing them, but I am so excited that they're excited. You know, the, the truth of the matter is that everybody eats. And everybody likes good food. So I think the draw really is the opportunity to come to an event with a free entrance, which is kind of why we devised it that way. We didn't want to close it off to just vegan. We wanted anyone to come, you know, whether they're walking by the North Hollywood entrance and they say, oh, what's going on over there? You know, they have the opportunity to walk in whether or not, you know, they're vegan. Um, so we think what it is is really just that, We've got such great vendors, and the price point's really, really good. You know, all the vendors are doing nothing more than $3. Mm-hmm. So, so the draw, I think, is, is good food, free entrance, and, you know, veganism is really starting to, to take shape in our culture as sort of a different cuisine. You know, some people go out and they go, I want to eat Chinese food tonight, or I want to eat pizza tonight. And some people say, I want to eat vegan tonight. So we think that it's becoming a part of the overall consciousness of food. And we just, we, we feel that people are finally saying, okay, this is something that I could do because it's just food and I like food. Aside aside from the vegan street fair, can you speak to some of the, the, I don't know, hostility that some of the meat eating crowd has towards vegans? Like my dad, I brought home kale when I was in Colorado and then my dad's like kale. And I'm like thinking to myself, (laughs) My dad had such a reaction. I'm like, okay, what did Sean Hannity tell you about kale? <laughs> but um, well, why is there such a, like, uh, um, I don't know, a, kind of an angrier reaction among older people to vegans? It's kind of an odd thing. It is. It's very fascinating. I've, I've been trying to figure that out for a really long time. You know, I was one of those people myself, <laughs> definitely. I remember hearing the word vegan and thinking, that is extreme. Who would do that? And now here I am. Um, <laughs> one of the biggest, you know, vegan proponents there was. Um, you know, I think that what it is is people just tend to um, feel defensive because I think it's a reflection on them. Not that that's how we portray it. I, yeah. I don't walk around saying, I'm vegan and you're not. What's wrong with you? And, you know, I don't do that. I, I, I'm, a very, I'm a very passive activist, if you will. But I think what ends up happening is people just start to look inward and they think, well, what's wrong with what I'm doing? You know, why, why are you eating kale? That's crazy. Just have a piece of chicken. Um, and I, so I think what ends up happening is people just put up a wall of defense. And it's so ingrained in us from when we're young to be desensitized to the concept. You know, I never put two and two together as a child. I never said, 
oh, these chickens that I'm reading about in my book are also the chickens that I'm eating on my plate. But because of that constant, we call it cognitive dissonance, because of that separation between what chicken really is and, and, and the chicken on your plate, I think that you've built, I think that we've built this, this long history of thinking that this is the only way to do things. And if anybody challenges that or does something different, then we're automatically on the defense. So I think that's what it is. And I, that's why I advocate on a very, um, I, I try not to push my beliefs on anyone. I just say, this is what I do. This is why I do it. You don't have to do this, but you're free to come and enjoy good vegan food at my home or we can go out and eat some good vegan food, or, hey, come to this giant event that we're having and eat, you know, a meal without animals in it for one day. So, you know, I think that it's a very good question, and it's something that we're going to ask ourselves for a very long time, and hopefully we can try to change that that misconception and, and that hostility towards it just by by living compassionate and good lives. And you bring up a great point because my journey to veganism came through diet and exercise where like I was kind of big and I started losing weight and then I wanted to lose more weight. And so I started doing substituting things out with vegan products and I've lost a lot of weight. I've lost 80 pounds in three years. And there seems to be a cognitive dissonance between not only like what you were mentioning, but between diet and exercise where people exercise and then they pound down a soda. And it just, and that's one of the reasons why I think people are taking their health more seriously on a personal level. And that's why they're coming to veganism as well. Absolutely. That's a really great point. And I was actually a personal trainer for eight years before I went vegan. And it's very fascinating because in that culture, I think that we're all about protein, 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 and that we only think, we think that the only way to get protein is through animals, and no one ever really talks about, well, not when I was training anyway, now it's a whole different world, but nobody ever says that, you know, vegetables and fruits actually contain protein. Who knew? I didn't really know that. Um, but we're so, we're so obsessed with this concept of, of protein and making sure that we get enough protein in our diets and Um, you know, so after a workout, I I can't tell you how many times I would see a client of mine going to uh, McDonald's or something. And like you said, getting a soda and getting a burger because they have to get their protein. And if they're going to get their protein, then they have to get the soda that comes with it. And it's, it's very, it's very interesting to see it from the other perspective and, and from a different angle, because you're right. I think, I think if you start to take control of your health, you do start to realize that saturated fat is really not good for you. And there's a reason that we're, we have such high rates of obesity in this country. Yeah. And that's not, that's not to say that vegan food can't be fatty. It, it absolutely can. I mean, there's vegan corn dogs. <laughs> yeah. Those are, you know, <laughs> yeah. but, over, but overall, when you do look at vegan food, I think that overall it's definitely more healthy than the standard American diet. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so two questions aside from the diet. Um, how hard did from the logistics planning uh, it was to put together an event like the Vegan Street Fair? And um, how are the plans going for the other cities hosting a fair? Oh, man, these are such good questions. So I will be the first person to tell you that I did not realize how much work an event like this would take. It is pretty much all day planning. Um, we're talking about, you know, talking to city council members and going through permit offices and, and insurance and fire department 
And there's so many tiny little logistics that I think people don't realize goes into an event like this. <coughs> Excuse me. And we have been really immersed in this event for the last five to six months, just putting together the very minute details. So we're talking about how the sun comes in at a certain angle to make sure that we have proper, you know, covering so that people aren't, you know, in the, in, in the sun. We're talking about how does the flow of people walking in work? You know, we don't want to bunch people up in one section, so how do you spread things out? We worked with a designer very closely on making sure that the flow of the event was smooth and, and clean and people didn't get, you know, caught up in one area or, or feel like there was too much of one thing in one place or too little of something somewhere else. So this is all to say that there are very, very many details that go into planning something like this. And the marketing, the social media aspect, um, it's been quite the ride. And it's quite fun for me, actually, because I've always been a person that really likes planning events. I've planned very small events in the past, but this thing took shape so quickly that I really, I just had to go. It's like the train left the station and I had to be on it or else I would get left behind. So... There is quite a lot that goes into it, but it, I think it's taking shape very well. We've got, I think, almost 9,000 people that have RSVP'd to the event. You know, who knows what that could mean? It could mean 4,000 people show up. It could mean 12,000 people show up. We're prepared for all of it. So it's, it's been quite, a, quite an interesting experience and a very fun one, might I add. And I do want to mention that uh, it's cash only, and then your cash gets turned into tickets, so that you don't have the vendors don't actually have to handle money. So if you do plan on going, I did want to mention that. And also, I wanted to ask you, what's a parking situation like near the Vegan Street Fair, and what would your be what would your advice be travel wise if someone wants to attend? I would say get there early. That's probably my biggest piece of advice. Get there early. There is a lot of, of street parking around North Hollywood. You may need to walk a block or two. Okay. But it's a Sunday, so you know all the meters are 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 out of commission on Sunday. So that's one of our lucky breaks. There's uh-huh. also a big metro line. There's the red line and the orange line. So free to utilize those. Okay. The ticket situation is um, you get a sheet of twelve tickets. We're only selling in sheets. Okay. And um, they're eight dollars, and so uh, and we take a two dollar processing fee off of that because of course you know bathrooms and and event permits and insurance don't pay for themselves. And then you do, you exchange your money for, or you exchange your tickets for food. And so all the vendors are going to have ticket prices versus dollar prices on all yeah. of their food. So yeah. You, yeah, so you'll get a corn dog for four tickets. Exactly. Um, any thoughts you want to leave off with before we have to close out for today? Um, I'm just so very excited that all the people that are coming are coming and that all the people that are excited are excited because we're excited to put this on. So we just want to preemptively thank everybody for the enthusiasm and the excitement, and we hope that we can put on a pretty stellar event for everyone. And I'm looking forward to meeting you, Heather, so please come find me. Yeah, well, I'll definitely try to come find you. My guest has been Jessica Shea. She is going to be um, hosting Vegan Street Fair in North Hollywood. You can look it up, I believe, if you just type in Vegan Street Fair in the Google. It, there's a Facebook page as well. Thanks for being on the show this morning. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, and this is the Heather McCoy Show. We're drawing down on our time. Claudia's up next with Ask a Leader, and uh, stay tuned for that. And I'll be back at 6 o'clock for the Rachel Ray's cooking accident and an extravaganza of epic proportions.